1: And good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at Sons of Liberty and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, The Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of Liberty and also Sons of Liberty Media.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, and see the face that's made for radio, head over to Sons of Liberty and you'll see two videos at the top of the screen. The left side is Bradley's show from Saturday. That's two hours of Bradley Dean. If you Uh, Miss that. You can watch that up until 3 o'clock today, and at 3 o'clock, you'll be live right there in that little section on the left side of the page. On the right side is where we're at. Click on that. uh, Blow it up on whatever device you've got. Bottom right-hand corner, it'll say Rumble. You get a Rumble icon. Click on that. Join us in the chat over on Rumble. Uh, we're also streaming on Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're on uh, BeforeItsNews.com, top of the page there, and also DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. You can catch us over there as well. Um, while you're there right up under where we're streaming. You can sign up for our email newsletter. Help us in that. You get one email from us a day. It comes in the evening. And then if you want our ministry email, those go out on Saturday once a week. You can go to Sons of Liberty Radio right there on the front page. It's got a place where you can sign up if you'd like to get that. You'll know what's going on in the ministry. Um, And also, you'll get Bradley's article for the week as well as the... Special that we're going to run for the week out of the store. And our story is available from sunzelebertymedia.com. And this week we're highlighting the Resistance to Tyranny is Obedience to God coffee mugs. They got red in the middle, they got blue in the middle. So <laughs> if you want one of those colors, uh, you can get it. They're normally a donation of $15. This week, when you use the promo code OBEY, pretty simple OBEY, um, you'll get 15% off, right? And that's through Saturday night at midnight. So if you want to pick up one of these, or as many as you want, you'll get 15% off of them. Use the promo code OBEY. And then, again, if you want to help support us and you agree with our message, keeping us out there on radio, Internet, and among the people teaching our Christian constitutional heritage, then there's a donate button at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation or partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty, and we would appreciate that very much. Let me hit some headlines really quick, and I got uh, two short videos I want to show uh, before, before we bring our guest on this morning. Um, these are headlines from SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. The Latest Word Game to Cover Up the Millions of Deaths Following COVID Shots. That's exactly what this is. It's, it's like the monkey pox. It's like whatever else they're going to come out with. These are the things that are the adverse effects of the shots they're giving you. Okay? And we're going to touch on this just briefly before we bring our guest on. Jeffrey Epstein's mentor, Leslie Wexner, and his Inner Demons. This is the latest by Whitney Webb uh, that she's contributed. Also, David Rizzolata has a new one, the 1619 Project and the CRT Tenet of Counter Storytelling. Also, suncelebritymedia.com Infertility, a Diabolical Agenda. This is from uh, the Children's Health Defense. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy was the executive producer, and I think um, Dr. Andrew Wakefield was the director. So you can watch that there at suncelebritymedia.com Interesting, you know, I ran across this uh, quote from this guy, Dr. Stephen Caranya. I-, I think is how you pronounce his name. He said, when they're through with Africa, they're coming for you. See, they can test it in Africa because the news isn't getting out that much, is it? And they only give out what they want. All the really bad stuff that you're supposed to fear and be scared of. They're testing many of these poor Africans there with their poisons, is what they're doing. Also, is money pox, yes, the K is silent, merely a cover-up for COVID shot damage such as shingles, autoimmune blistering disease, and herpes? Of course it is. Of course it is. And... As parents resisted transgender push, teachers suggested sending in child services. This is our latest from Alex Newman. And uh, this this is part of the problem that you set yourself up with in the public schools. Instead of following what God said in Deuteronomy 6 and you teach your kids diligently, you send them there and you're subjecting them to all this stuff. And then you've got agents of the state who are willing to comply with it and even call child services on you if you don't follow the agenda. And then we've got this coming out of Russia. They're now criminalizing LGBT propaganda. The U.S. criminalized it long ago, fails to enforce it. And I've got a link down there to my article from years ago of what our state laws are, how they reference Scripture, not only for the law, but if you violated it, what the punishment was. Um, And even some of what the Founding Fathers did, how George Washington dealt with uh, those who attempted sodomy in the Army, how what Thomas Jefferson wrote as a law. All of these kinds of things are a part of our history, and people have forgotten this stuff. Now, I've got two short—well, uh, yeah. Let me let me play these real, real quick. I'm just going to hit them one at a time, okay? This guy, <laughs> Trudeau, listen to what this knucklehead has to say.
0: And there are debates, and we have a, a, a culture where the difference is guns can be used for— Hunting or for sport shooting in Canada, and agents of the state of to owners, shoot you. And mostly respecting and, and law abiding, but. You can't use a gun for self-protection in Canada. That's not a right that you have in the constitution or anywhere else. It's a god-given uh, right. Buy a gun, and say it's for self-protection. No, you don't get that. You get it for hunting, you can get it for sport shooting, you can take it to the range, uh, no problem as long as you go through our rigorous background checks. Oh, but yes. there's a our. difference around the culture. and One of the things that we're yep. seeing with the debate in the states is you get more and more of the American style, you know, right to carry, self-defense arguments filtering up through through the uh, you know, the the usual more right wing communications channels. Yeah.
1: Okay, all right. So he says you don't have a right in Canada for self-defense. Okay, uh Fidel, little Fidel, here's what you need to do. You need to dismiss all of your armed detail that go with you because you don't have a right for them to defend you. You just said it. <laughs> yeah, hypocrite you just said it. You don't have that right. But the right is God given. It does not come from government. Just like your right to open your mouth and speak the truth does not come from government. Government can say it's illegal all day long for me to say what the Word of God says, and guess what? I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go say what the Word of God says. So this guy is such a hypocrite. I don't know why they haven't taken him out and dealt with him as a traitor to his own country. I, I just, I don't, and you know what I mean by that, right? Short drop, sudden stop. That kind of thing. I don't know why they haven't dealt with him this way. And anybody who thinks like him in government, who represent the people. Also, th- th- check this guy out. He comes right behind him. This is the Chilean pre- president, Gabriel Boric, to an Ottawa high schoolers. Um, and Trudeau is there. And I want you to listen to what this guy says right in front of Justin Trudeau. As, you have been doing, uh, as you've been doing it today, feel always not free, but compelled to question authority. Question authority. Listen to punk music, please. Uh, We need uh, rebel people. Uh, Don't respect that much as authority. Uh, Put in doubt what we are saying. As, for example, you said, I I don't remember your your name, but you, you questioned the goals that Canada had in front of the prime minister. That's the way. And if someone agrees with him, uh, please go and talk to him uh, afterwards and uh, form a group, uh, like a political group or uh, an activist group, and keep on questioning. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, can you imagine what Trudeau was sitting there thinking like, wait a minute, dude. They're not supposed to question me. I am, I am God here. I am the one making that. I mean, can you imagine that? I would have loved I would have loved for a camera to bend on old Trudeau there now this one is quickly a blast from the past Frank Zappa okay now whether you love him or hate him or any whatever your views are on him I want you to listen to because this goes right along with what we talk about every Wednesday when we're showing how government is using education they're in education it's not the responsibility of government and I want you to listen to what he has to say because boy there are some words of wisdom here in what he has to say listen
0: Schools train people to be ignorant with style. They give you the equipment that you need to be a functional ignoramus. American schools do not equip you to deal with things like logic. They don't give you the criteria by which to judge between good and bad in any medium or format. And they prepare you to be a usable victim for a military-industrial complex that needs manpower. As long as you're just smart enough to do a job and just dumb enough to swallow what they feed you, you're going to be all right. But if you go beyond that, you're going to have these grave doubts that give you stomach problems, headaches, make you want to go out and do something else. So I believe that schools mechanically and very specifically try and breed out any hint of creative thought in the kids that are coming up. So what's the alternative for the parent who would agree with you? Well, remember that the school isn't the only place that a child gets educated. If you realize that the schools are doing damage, and I believe this, I believe that schools do a lot of damage to kids, then you should do what you can at home to help give them something to counteract what's happening to them at school. You mean encourage creativity? Encourage them to read things other than what the school gives them. Encourage them to watch things on television other than cartoons because I don't believe that television is all bad, and some things that are on are are very useful. And give them some support. Let them feel that you as a parent uh, want them to be smart, not just to be successful, not just to be a a nice little person, that you want them to develop their thinking apparatus.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, I mean, I I think that's really good advice, and some people are probably shocked uh, those of you who know Frank Zappa understand his, his thinking there, and I'm not saying he's a perfect example to follow, but I'm saying there's some wisdom in what he just said there. Now, I've got another one that I'm going to show, but I'm going to show it as we get into our talk today. And uh, you guys remember we had Eric uh, Hughes-Jones on last week on Monday, and then we had him on for, uh, sort of in the background on uh, Friday when we had Bill on. And uh, he says, hey, you gotta t- you got to talk to this lady out in New York. She's a friend of mine. Uh, she's uh, working against the transgender um, agenda, all this drag queen stuff up there in New York and things. And I said, okay, so we'll have her on. So um, Reese agreed to come on this morning with us, uh, be up early with us. And, of course, I, I think she has to get uh, her-, her, kid re- her kid ready and everything like that. But uh, it's my pleasure to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Reese Perry. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, great to see you, and I'm glad that you're able to join us. And we're going to be talking about an issue here that, you know, a lot of people would say uh, ministries like the Sons of Liberty, they would call us haters because we're, we're calling out some of this behavior that, according to our state laws, is criminal. And, and you know, it used to be a felony in the in every state of our union to engage in sodomy. Um, to be a part of, of doing that, to to encourage it or any of that, and that's why a lot of people, that's why they talk about now coming out of the closet because they either one, they cleaned their closet and came out, or they stayed in the closet and nobody knew what they were doing. Uh, but now it's come to the point, and we warned about this for years, that it's they're targeting our children. They're not just they're not just damaging themselves with their behavior. They're targeting our children over that. And you, for one, as a mother, you're standing up to some of that. Would you tell people a little bit about yourself and about what you're doing there in the state of North, or not not North Carolina, New York?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I just kind of started my mission out back, um, you know, at the beginning of the school year, the, the 2021-22 school year, um, you know, like, to try and figure out, like, why things were going in the direction they were going. And what say the parents actually had in any of this. Um, so it's kind of how I started out. And then I, you know, I started a you know, Facebook group, got a small following, and you know I got a group of people behind me here in my, in my rural town. And then slowly it just kind of grew out to a bigger platform throughout Western New York. Um, a lot of it just really started again with, with just the masks, the, the critical race theory, which they now call it social emotional learning, um, and just really trying to get an understanding of why and how it got put in our school districts out here. Um, and then since then, I've just been uncovering little things a little at a time and not so much trying to beat the machine, but work with the machine to, you know, better implement policies and uh, keep parents and community members informed of what's going on and why. Um, and basically what we can do about it, what type of say we, we have. Um, and that, that, that's really it in a nutshell as, as far as it goes, um, with my, my start and kind of what I've been doing.
1: Okay. All right. Now, um, what have you run up against so far? Uh, I, I'm assuming you're dealing in your specific school district there. What, what all have you run up against so far?
2: I've, I personally not run up against too much resistance, um, with the whole, uh, like I don't know, like everything that's happening more nationwide with the, with the transgender stuff and with the non-binary stuff and with, you know, whatever they wanted, what they're doing with that, but it's still happening on a small scale out here. I'm just very fortunate enough to live in a very rural area and have a really, you know, small district where we all kind of know each other. And right now I don't feel like anybody in my district will allow that to happen but that's not to say that New York state won't push it to happen. And then I know of districts in Western New York that it is happening to, and people are reaching out to me to, you know, see what I know and what I can do to help them and try to explain to them why it's happening. Um, you know, like I know out here, like in our, our city of Cattaraugus County in New York, you know, they do have Dryer queen library hour. They do have, you know, things like that. There are certain schools that I've, I've heard rumored, that, you know, they are putting litter boxes in the schools for, you know, the thing called a furry, which, again, blew my mind. Um, my 11-year-old son came home from school and actually told me about that. And I'm like, I was clueless.
1: Can you and, can you explain to people what that is?
2: Well, I'll explain it exactly how my 11-year-old explained it to me. I'm like, what is a furry? Like, oh, my goodness. And he says that it's basically a child who identifies as a cat and they over-sexualize it. Now, for my 11-year-old to use the word over-sexualize, I I mean, that that kind of, I think that blew me away a little bit more because he's like, you know, they they try to make it sexy. And I'm like, you guys are children. (laughs) Like, that doesn't belong in a school district. You know, anything, the word sexy in elementary school just don't go in the same sentence. And, you know, then I continued to ask him, like, please tell me there's no litter box in your school. And he's like, no, no, no. But, you know, kids are talking about it. And then you know i've gotten several messages from a lot of parents through, throughout the state with concerns of this and my biggest thing is i i can't do anything about it without proof don't don't just call me and tell me that you know you're hearing this get pictures get proof get whatever and i will go up against it like whatever you need from me i'll be in your corner Amen. to fight it
1: Amen. Yeah, now the, I guess the question is they're putting them out where in the classroom or in the bathrooms? I mean, are these kids just
2: the bathrooms. As far as I've gathered, it's it's the bathrooms. <laughs> it's um, just
1: incredible. I, I, I a
2: lot of a lot of this is happening too because um again, I've been doing a lot of digging in with what's going on with school boards, what's going on with like your local school board, you know, they are supposed to have the say. Like school boards were designed to basically advocate for you, advocate for your children, and make sure the needs of all the children are met and the needs of the parents. Um, and we're, we were all supposed to have a say on our child's education and the, you know their education experiences and everything from day one. And we've fallen so far from that path where now Board of Education members, are they're, they're ran state. They're just state-ran seats now. And they basically just kind of bow to the state Because of funding, because they get themselves in the situation where, if they don't comply, then they get fined, or um, you know they can get in trouble. They can actually get kicked off the board of education for you know resisting and for not doing as they're told. And a lot of this all started, um, you know, with the whole with COVID. Unfortunately, they all kind of go hand in hand. It all it all has to do with money, which we can get into that. But um, everything with the transgender policy now like I try to think of it both ways just like you do I mean right is right and wrong is wrong but regardless like if it was my child and my child had that you know what I believe is 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 an emotional mental condition and that's not up for debate that's not what we're talking about it is what it is but I would want my kid to be able to go to school and be safe but at the same time I would absolutely hands down refuse to coddle my child and allow my child to have options as much as like to go in a litter box or yeah amen, to use, or, or to use like a bathroom with, you know, children, you know, of the opposite sex of whatever they believe they are. So, and my, you know, I try to think of it from both avenues. I would absolutely want my child to go to school and feel safe. Of course, every parent wants that. Sure. But at the same time, we got to have a middle ground where the other parents that are highly against this and. You know they don't want it there. You know because there's a lot of uproar. There's a lot of parents that are just like, no, no, no. I'm sick of the, you know, the transgender crap. Like it's not happening. We're not allowing it. I understand that. I, I like I. I'm, but I have to be sympathetic to both sides because, again, it's about the kids. It's it, yes, we are supposed to lead that. Yes, we are supposed to protect them. But at the same time, every child matters, and no child should be left behind, no matter their state. So that brings me into the whole gender identity policies now. In New York, they are not a state law, but what it boils down to is they become a civil rights issue and schools are being told to put these policies in place because there is potential for families to sue the school district if a policy is not in place and there is any type of civil rights violation to these non-gender or non-binary children. So they need to be in place, but the problem with that is is they're very, very generic policies. They're being written, especially out here in New York by BOCES. And they're just, they're just very, you know, again, generic. The, the wording is not right. The, there's lots of room to manipulate the language and the language is not being, it's not protecting anybody. So like when I, when I got into this with, you know, I, I had, I backed a candidate to run for school board and, you know, we, we, we got a pause on it. We got a 30-day pause on it, and it's due to be voted on again, um, actually, this Thursday. And we're, like, scrambling to try to find another way to pause it because he doesn't get voted in until June 30th. And we really, really want to change the language in that, again, to protect every student. Um, and I think a lot of parents should be doing this. You're not, unfortunately, going to beat it. I, I keep telling people, like, we can disagree with it all day, but the reality is, is that's our reality. So instead of uproaring and getting all hot and bothered, try to take control of your emotions, try to take control of the situation and control what you can control and and help mold that narrative. So that's what we're trying to do with this policy. We're trying to put language in place to protect them all. So I would encourage any parent to just get involved, figure it out, you know, go to your school website or call your superintendents, figure out, you know, who's writing these policies, get a copy of said policies read through it. And, you know, language is so important. I'm not, unfortunately, um, the brightest crayon in the box when it comes to these languages. Um, it's a lot to weed through and it's a lot to keep yourself educated on. So it's, if you don't understand it, reach out to people who who may be familiar with le- like legal terms and, you know, more invasive tech terms that like an everyday Joe don't understand. Um, and, and just start getting in there and understand what's what's in those policies and maybe what you could do to change it. And the only way to change it is to really get, you know, backing of people behind you willing to start sending emails to your superintendents, your board of educations, and, you know, asking to to change said policies. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of like where I'm at right now with, with all of that.
1: Yeah. You know, Reese, one of the things is, is this, um, you know, we have a very uh, optimistic view here at the Sons of Liberty, and that is we go into the battle just like David did. David, you know, the armies of Israel were cowering in fear. All of these big manly men and all their armor, and they were cowering in fear. And here comes this little shepherd boy to you know, bring some food to his brothers, and he sees what's going on, and yeah, there's a giant there. He's scary. He's nine foot tall and all this stuff, but he's like, he has great courage to go out and face the giant because he knows God is on his side, and he'll win the day. And I think part of the thing that you and I talked about just briefly was, you know, I've done a piece on one, and I linked to it in the Russia piece that I mentioned at the, at the beginning of the show. But going back in our, our founding, our, you know, all 50 states had sodomy as as a felony. And all of this stuff really comes out of the root of, of, of that. It really does, starting back in like the 70s and 80s, uh, when they began to remarket it to us as gay. And so one of the things is, is if you go back in our history, you'll look and you'll see the states had had laws against that. And, the, and many of them would cite the Bible, the text of the Bible, for why the law was, and then they would cite the text of the Bible for what the punishment was uh, that they were rendering. Uh, many of our founding fathers still held to that because that was, that was in play. And we've gotten away from that. But many of the, many of the states are, still have laws against this, This kind of behavior, all of this stuff you're talking about, the drag queen stuff, the transgenderism, all this stuff is rooted in that that law and the violation of that law. Um, Let me let me just quickly read this just so people understand what it is. And uh, and I want to contrast the position that we're taking. And I, I do appreciate the fact that you said we have to have some compassion towards these kids that are thinking like that. And we've we've got but we've got to help correct that. Not let them yes. think that's okay. We've got to help correct that. So the Scripture says out of Romans chapter 1, it says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness, because that which may be of, known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. "...for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise." They became fools, and so they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things, a violation of the second commandment. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever, amen, and for this cause... God gave them up into vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And they didn't want to obtain God in their knowledge. Oh, they'll say, God loves me as I am. Well, if they're engaged in this kind of behavior, and especially if they're teaching it to children, luring the children in and we've seen this down what was it down in texas the other weekend the drag queens the parents bringing their kids in i just i can't imagine and having these drag queens dance before them they're causing the little ones to stumble and and even jesus himself they'll sometimes point to jesus and quote jesus out of context jesus himself said it's better if you take a millstone and go throw yourself in the sea than to cause one of the little ones to stumble and I know you see this. I know you see that there's a real problem there that's got to be addressed. And I'm glad that you're taking a stand for it. But it's it's like the law is already in place. Why is the law not being enforced in New York, similar to how I call out Nikki Haley when she just allowed these uh, uh, lesbians to marry down here in Charleston and, and, and South Carolina has anti-sodomy laws? I, why, why is the law not being enforced up there?
2: I just don't think a lot of people know the laws. Um... I, I don't really think a lot of people care. I think the, you know, it's not like, I don't know, it's not an issue of, uh, you know, or gay or lesbian, you know, anymore. Like it's become very normal now. Um, It's very accepted now. And I mean, I don't know, like I'm kind of a, a to each his own type person. Like even though it's wrong and that might sound cowardice, it's their sin to carry. It's their, it's, it's everybody's sins differently. Oh, it's ab- so ab- that-
1: absolutely. <laughs>
2: that is their sin to carry their, their burden to bear. Um, that's between them and God. So, I mean, I, I really, that's how come I try to like, but when you're coming for the kids, that's what bothers me. Leave our children alone. They're after our kids. We are in the fight of our life. Like it is one thing to have a community of gay and lesbian, you know, advocacy where they're fighting, you know, for their rights, whatever that, that that's their thing. But leave the kids alone. Let kids be kids. They're up against so much as it is. And now we're finding ourselves coming to an era where kids don't even know now. I mean, you don't know what you're going to wear day to day when you're 10 years old, let alone now you're getting given the opportunity to say, I'm a boy or I'm a girl, or I have a different pronoun. I have this, I have that. Like, leave the kids alone. When they're old enough to make their own decision, that is on them. Hopefully, the parents have done the job. They, you know what I mean? But even then, still. People are going to be who they want to be if they're falling from the path. And it's just the way it is. So like, but I cannot sit down and stomach anything that they're doing to these children. Like that is abuse in my eyes. It oh, absolutely is a child like that. And then have them stuff dollar bills in in a G string, you know, as six-year-old, I saw that on the, in Texas, I was sick to my stomach. Like that is, that's porn, that's pornography. I'm sorry. And I think all of this really, truly started to fall apart long before COVID, but COVID was what put the nail in the coffin. I mean, as soon as they took God and the pledge of allegiance out of schools, it opened the door for everything Satan to walk through. Um, It was already heading that direction as it was. And that was just, that was it. And I just don't think there's certain things that belong in the education system. It should be, that should be decisions within home, not the school. They're there to be educated. They're there to um, you know, just enjoy school experiences and what school has to offer. These type of issues don't belong in education, and now it's it's so pronounced, it's so there that you can't escape it. Even in my tiny little town, where my son's graduating class is like thirty five kids, um, but like I said, fortunately, because I'm in a small town, we don't really bend so much to the to the to that narrative. But it's still there it's still there because you have these leftists these extremists and i know it's not about left or right but it's that mindset the yeah,
1: that lawless mindset. versus the lawful that's the way i call it
2: yes yes there there you go better term better term um cuz again like i'm just like you i i can't stand that terminology of left right red blue like no you are either right or you're wrong that it's that simple amen but but unfortunately when you live in a society that you live in today you can't always walk away with with what you declare in your heart and mind is a full win. So you've got to again, I mean, meet that middle ground and just keep fighting because something's better than nothing. Um, and so that's, you know, that's really what I'm I'm trying to do here. And uh, you know, I'm I'm fortunate enough where I can be bold, I can be loud, I can speak how I feel. Um, and a lot of people tend to agree. <laughs> uh, so that's I mean, that's a good thing for, for for where I'm sitting, but at the same time, I mean, I'm willing to advocate for anybody as you know, especially children, um, we need to be their voice. We need to fight for them. Even the parents that are on this train and they're for it and they're, they're bending and they're allowing their children to make these decisions. When again, they don't even know what they're going to wear from day to day. I mean, what did you know as a child where you were ever anywhere in your sound mind, be able to say, okay, well, I think I want to be the opposite sex, or I think I want to be non-binary or whatever it is they're doing. Um, I just we need to fight for these kids. Like I said, even if they're not ours, fight for them because obviously their parents are not. Um, and don't get me wrong, like I, I get it, like I'm not against progression to an extent or change, but this this is not up for debate, like in, in my right. mind. That's right. Like this is this is our children. You know, they are the greatest gift from the Lord. They are the true blessing and no society in history that has ever sacrificed their children have lived to tell about that's it. Right. And that's what this is. we are sacrificing our children to, to evil. And it's, it's just, it's gone too far. It's gone too far. We need to put our foot down again. Don't single these kids out. Don't be mean to these kids. They deserve our love and compassion, but at the same time, there has to be that there has to be you know, a threshold. There's gotta be something, you know, I don't know. So again, mold what you can do what you can and, you know, keep fighting for these kids. I mean, I think about it this way, like, you know, when the, when the whole critical race theory hit the schools and, you know, the social emotional learning, which my school did not escape that either. Again, um, you know, every school teaches it differently here in New York, but by New York, it's not a law, but when New York schools, they, when, okay, I'll back up a little bit. (laughs) that it got put into all of our districts because of COVID. Um, Every school district in New York, when the the federal government gave out funding for for COVID relief to every state, all 50 states in the United States of America. And our governor got to choose what that funding went for. So she sat down with the health department and they wrote up a, a document called the CDC funding agreement. And she gave basically unlimited power to the New York State Health Department within this agreement to, to all schools. So if schools didn't follow this agreement, it would be you know, the state and the health department basically teaming up on New York State schools to fine us or shut us down by being non-complicit. Um, but within this agreement, why? Okay, if it had any, it was about COVID, Why would they throw anything in there that had to do with critical race theory and social emotional learning, but they used it? They used that money, millions of dollars to every school district to get Board of Education on on board to then force the districts to teach the critical critical race theory and social emotional learning. Blows my freaking mind. It it had nothing to do with COVID, but it was in the clause. And every school in New York signed that uh, agreement. And- So now every school has to teach it. Um, And it's a minimum of, it was a two-year agreement. It started June 30th of 20, it was 2020 or 2021 going into that school year. And then it ends um, on July, sorry, July 1st of 2021 and then ends June 30th of 2023. And that funding that they gave to each school um, is paid out over two years as long as they stay in compliance with the agreement. Um, And not a lot of people here in New York know that agreement exists. I would say a very small handful do and parents are like, you know, and that's why I found out how masks were being implemented. They were being implemented through, through, through that, uh, that document Um, when I was trying to get into the bottom of it all with why our children were being forced to be masked when the rest of the state um, was slowly transitioning out. Um, And again, it's just another piece of the puzzle of them coming for our kids because anybody who, has done their homework, knows how detrimental masks are to a child emotionally, yes. socially, mentally. And so it was just physically, trouble, yes, to, to break our kids down. You know, you tear them down little by little, piece by piece, you take your self-confidence away, you take their ability to connect with another human being away through that mask. And it, it, it's just another stepping stone to break it down to further meet their agenda. So the worst part about this document, though, is it, in the terms and conditions, it stated that the board of education of every school was supposed to hold this document for public comment. Not one school district in New York, not one, not one board of education in New York came to the public and said, hey, you know, we're being presented with this, with this agreement. Um, we'd like to hear the public's, you know, comments on it, figure out what you guys think or feel about it. Um, and instead, they all just signed it, took the millions of dollars, and it's all about that money. And, you know, when I asked our board of education, why, you know, because I did, I, I, I had several, you know, conversations with my superintendent and my board of education and their answer was nobody asked. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, that that's going to be everybody's excuse. And then slowly after parents started uproaring and, um, you know, getting mad and, you know, we've had enough. We had enough, you know, it was the masks, the critical race theory, you know, all this stuff in that documentation um, that started coming into the schools and parents were getting outraged here in New York. Then we became known as domestic terrorists. They were coming after parents because we were, you know, we were not we didn't want to be complicit in this. And, we, you know, and the only option for us in New York, we are we are a high standard state, unfortunately. So with that. Even homeschooling, there's really, really hard rules here that you have to follow. And it's depressing and it's kind of frustrating because you know, society has us all kind of backed in a corner where both parents now have to work. And if you're from a single family home, that single parent has to work. And what do you do with your child? Nobody can afford child care. So it's like school has become like you you don't have a choice. And I mean, yes, we all have choice, but what's your options? So you know, we send your kids to school and you're trusting our, our teachers and our education system to do what's best for them. And then when they come home with, you know, books, you know, how to identify uh your friend's emotions through masks and you know, teachings on on skin color and and pointing things out and you read these things as a parent, it it makes your stomach turn. Yeah. And so I you know we add. all got on board. And um, uh, but the thing is is that you know, we keep fighting it, we keep fighting it and I don't want to say we're not winning, but I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's a hard, it's an uphill battle right now.
1: Of course. Now, it, yeah. yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Let, let me let me toss this out here, Reese, because, I, you know, I hear what you're saying. I, I My wife and I, we have 10 kids. Um, wow. God I'm, bless you. I, yeah. Well, He has blessed us. I mean, it says in, in yeah, someone, we read it at every one of our kids' births. Uh, Psalm one twenty seven, one twenty eight. As soon as they're out of the womb, that's you know they're set up on mama, and we read that because we do believe they're a blessing from the Lord. We don't believe like you know you see the the comedy hour come on and they make fun of all these kids and things. And you know it like like there's some kind of burden that they're this and sure there there there's trouble but you know why they're trouble because they come from us <laughs> they they
2: exactly, exactly. they they have it's that important.
1: sinful nature and if you let a little baby if that little baby could get on its feet and get strength it would strangle you because it's not getting what it wants I mean people need to understand that they'd be a little savage. And we're to be those who discipline and nurture them and teach them the things of God. And this is where I want to encourage people. People can do it. I understand for a single parent it's much harder, but I got got a solution for that too. But for for the parents who are together, if you have that on your mind, if you really love your children... You will do everything you can to protect them from that. If it means cutting off the cable bill of $100, 200 Somebody said they had a $180 cable bill. I don't know what you're doing, a $180 cable bill. But people can cut off that. If you got to be more frugal in what you eat, don't go out to eat. Stop doing some things that you do in order to, if you can't teach them, there's people around you who can, and that you can have instruction over them to do what God said. And here's what God said, and this is what I want to encourage people with. Deuteronomy chapter 6, I hit this almost every Wednesday when we talk about the education issue. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, with all thy might. Now, this is directed specifically at fathers, but hey, if you're a single mom, if you've been widowed or divorced, whatever the case may be, this would apply to you. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. So we're as parents, we're to have his word and his commands in our heart first And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when? When you're sitting in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, all right? And it's talking about what you do what your profession is, what your work is, or whatever the case may be, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. This is what's in your mind. That's what that means. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which He swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham. Now, he's talking to Israel, and he says, I'm going to bless you, but I don't want you to forget me, and I don't want your children to forget me, because if you forget me, I'm going to forget your children. He warns about that, too. And so I think there is a thing, Reese, in which the parents have to have to deal with that. Now when it comes to single parents, I say the church, especially if they they're professed Christians, the church should be those who recognize the issue and if it's a you know, obviously if there's young widows, the Bible has a recommendation they get married, they bear children, they rule the house, all that for the, for the women. But if there's maybe it's a man, or maybe it's a woman who, who is a single parent. The church is to come along and to help them because, why? Because this is a command of God. And for the church to sit back and say, well, they can go to school, it doesn't cost them anything, and this, that, and the other, is to miss the calling and the commands of God for us to see it, the next generation grow up knowing the commands of God, and so for if there's preachers out there, and you're more concerned about building your structures and your 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 empires here on this earth, then you are helping those single parents out there to diligently teach their children because they're going to be they're going to be your future. If Absolutely. you're more, then you need to repent. If you're a preacher who does those kinds of things. So I, I just want to throw that out there. There are answers, but you're exactly right. We have to stand up for the kids because nobody else is doing it for them.
2: No, not at all. And you know, and I and I don't mean to say this to be that person, but our churches are weak. Our churches have fallen so far from the path. And you see these, you know, these pastors and ministers, you know, they they have fallen as well. And because and, they answer to like their clergy and you know they're not allowed to do certain things and say certain things and you know to me that That's
1: because they're hirelings.
2: Yes, that that's a, that's an epic failure. Our churches today are not stepping up. They're not doing, you know, God's work and it, and it's very, you know, it's deceiving, it's sad. And um but I mean with the homeschooling thing like you said, I mean I did I did a co-op out here because if the you know if the shot ever becomes mandated Um, I do have an army of parents that are are downright just not going to do that. So I did start a co-op to try and build that community with with people, so that if that time ever came, we had something to fall back on. So I've already tried to do that networking and do all of that um, for my community, but it's not the easiest, like you said. I mean, but um, you know, I homeschool my one my one my child, my one daughter who's special needs, um, and then my son is still in the district, and it's it's been difficult. Um, and it was difficult for me because I did homeschool him for a few months out of the year and again it went back to me being a single parent homeschooling two kids on my own with no support and no help Um, so it does become hard but if you're willing to make the sacrifice I get it but at the end of the day I weighed my options and I thought sending him back was the best for us at this time but that doesn't mean if things don't get better or if they continue to get worse that I would not absolutely pull him again. And then I, you know, I want to warn people as well because they're already working on coming after homeschooling out here in New York. They're already working on trying to pass bills and pass laws to come after us. And this is all behind the scenes because they don't want that. They want your child in the public school district. And you got to look at it this way <clears throat> in 10 years, 15 years, when all these children from the public school districts all graduate and you have an army of children that you were able to indoctrinate, that you were able to brainwash, that you were able to pin these kids against their parents' values and rights, what is that going to do for our country? What's that going to do? That's the ultimate goal right there. You know, these kids all come out of high school, you know, turning over all their, all their embedded home values. to to be bent to that agenda to to that. And then our government has an army of people they can control that they already have brainwashed into that way of thinking. And I really believe that that's the the big picture here with with all of that, with the whole, you know, social emotional learning and critical race theory. And it is absolutely up to us parents to stop that. We've got to stop it. We got to take a stand. We got to fight for these kids. And, and get that mindset gone,
1: Reese. Let me ask you something about that with them going after homeschools. Now we we had Eric on last Monday, and he made mention of, and this is this is one of those things that kind of trips me up. And I've been looking at it for quite some time, more diligently since November, but quite some time. This idea of public and private, and he said, you know, you have a private homeschool Association or something like that's a private membership and so you take it out of the hands of the state to be dealing with you because you're not in the you're not operating in the public in South Carolina here we're part of one of those where you know you you basically I think we pay I don't know is 50 75 I don't even know what we pay something like that a year and we're a part of that so there is somewhat of a legal protection against Them, if they want to try to come after us and push us into the the thing that the federal government has illegally tried to push on the states, and that is this Every Student Succeeds Act, and all of that has to strip down to go, you know, with that, and you've got to leave God out of it and everything else. So I know Eric's talked about that. I don't know if you guys have looked into anything like that in your in your area or not.
2: There, there is legal aid, and that's part of my terms and conditions of joining my co op. There is a legal team. Um, It's online. It's like twelve dollars a month, and They protect you. So that is part of the terms and conditions of joining my co-op, just because, uh, just like you said, like we need to be covered. We need to be, make sure we're watching our backs and and have that insurance policy. And like, if the co-op ever does take off, like I'm hoping that the, the, you know, the shot stays at bay. I'm hoping that it it remains choice. Um, But what I hope and what I want always isn't what happens. So I'm preparing for the what if. That was the whole thing behind behind the homeschooling co op for my community. Um, again, I'd rather have it there and not have to use it than all of a sudden we're all being faced with this and we're scrambling for for a way to educate our kids. And another thing that I would really love to see parents start fighting for too um, within our government here. I don't know if it will ever happen, but it would be a wonderful idea. I mean, is wherever your child goes is where the funding goes. I hear that in a lot of states that. You know, you can pick your child's school, whether it be private or or whatever. And the funding that you pay in your your school taxes goes to where your child goes. But I don't really know how plausible that is. I think that's an amazing idea, um, you know, because we should have that say. And it's I don't know. And that brings me back to like even like New York State with with school taxes. You know, their biggest argument on our school boards is that, you know, the, the tax paying dollars that that we put in personally only makes up about 30 percent of what they require for their budget. So basically we need to sit down and take a seat because, uh, you know, we're not paying as much as, you know, the the state is. But then they're if they really think about it, where does state funding come from? It comes from the taxpayer. Um and they, there's just That's no transparency. Right. There's, there's nothing. And that was my biggest thing with, you know, getting involved with the school board election this year was I really, I understand getting one person in there. It's not going to change much. Okay. They're not going to go in and, and you can't work against the other members. You have to find a way to work together with them and try to make that change. Um, and one person is not going to create the difference that we all need, but it's a stepping stone. It's a stepping stone to getting there. And the biggest thing we all want in my community, I can't speak for the rest, is just transparency. Be honest with us. Because even when it came to the masks before I even knew that that funding agreement was was in existence and that's why our kids were being muzzled, they couldn't even come out and tell us that. Like, why? Be honest with us. Tell us. You guys signed an agreement. The kids are in masks and that's that. But instead, they want to, you know, tiptoe around it and not be honest. And it was the same thing too when they were like, oh, well we'll get fined. We'll get fined. Well then what will you get fined if we don't mask our children? If you leave it to choice for the parents and they wouldn't even tell us that. And that's nonsense. We're adults, we can handle it. I'm sure if you know the majority of us were given the option mask your kids or pay the fine of x amount of dollars, I mean, we could have maybe come up with fundraising, done something. I mean, and even if not, just be honest with us. But there's no transparency. There is zero and that needs to change that needs to change all across the united states with these school boards like again everything is state run everywhere and the board of education needs to be reminded of why they were created and we need to take it back the parents need to take it back
1: amen i totally i totally agree Reese. i want to close with this um you know one of the things is is the that the the, the passage right before what i read in romans Paul says that he was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think we have to understand that, yes, we have to go out there and be a mouthpiece. We have to fight these battles. But we also have the Word of God. That's part of the armor of God that we carry, the sword of the Spirit. And one of the things I want people who might hear this, who might be a part of that LGBTQRSTV, WXYZ, people, uh, that you might be a part of that stuff. I want you to understand the Sons of Liberty are not like this guy, uh, Stephen Anderson, who says you ought to put a bullet in your head if you're going to do this. Now, we recognize Jesus said you ought to tie a millstone around your neck rather than cause one of the little ones to stumble. But the fact of the matter is the gospel is for people just like you because it was just like for me, an adulterer, an idolater, a thief, a murderer, a covetous man, a dishonoring parents. Hey, I was all of that. But the gospel speaks to you too, and Paul says that it does have a redeeming value even for them. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 6 11, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, those your sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But what happened? You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. And what he says is the gospel did its work for you. You didn't remain in your sin. You left your sin, and you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Reese, thank you for your time this morning. Hang on, and I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Tomorrow morning, Johnny Cerucci, 6 a.m. Don't miss it. See ya.